How's it going, Indie Handshake fans? I am Jesus Cruz. Welcome to Indie Handshake. And today my guest is my brother, Darnell, a.k.a. Apollo Khan. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. Glad you called me brother. You, know, we, we, you like one of the people in the business that I really, truly like as a person. And we, we always been good, you know, have respect for each other. And you're one of the good, one of the good people in the business that I met. Yes, Thank you, Likewise. Me too, Likewise. I appreciate that, man. And you know what? It's Apollo going to make you look bad. It's Apollo. Now you're looking romantic. I still hey. know all the lyrics to your hey. music. Hey, it's so it's so funny how many people still know that song. I, I saw two core that's two core Scorpio. I saw Scorpio Sky in Las Vegas down here uh, on the Strip or no Fremont Street, uh-huh. and I say, "Oh, what's up, uh, Scorpio?" He was like, "Hey, it's Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> it's Apollo." I was like, "Oh, he's gonna be that shit." Yeah. I, I actually lost that CD in uh, actual LA during the show. I, I didn't get it back from the promoter, but oh, yeah, like, man. People made that song. Scorpio Sky was like, it's Apollo. It was catchy. Like I, I interviewed a uh, Chupi. I had a uh, Chupi on here too. And when we talked about a match you had with him at um, uh, Lucha Libre's show in San Jose, he did the same thing. It's Apollo. <laughs> he just started doing it, man. It was a great song. It sucks that you don't have it anymore. I think I have it somewhere. I, I have to look for it. My cousin actually uh, wrote it for me and made it. Yeah, I, he will uh, actually make another uh, copy. Oh, okay. Well, it was it was a classic for sure. But uh, anyways, Apollo Khan and I met in uh, 2000 while I was doing video for All Pro Wrestling, and uh, you were in the boot camp. So uh, it was you and like Sarah Del Rey guys. You know uh, who else was in your class? Uh, uh, I think like Bobby Quants, right? Was in your class. With, uh, 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 Seth was in there, but Seth came like one class after me. Which yeah. is I know that Simon Gachi uh, came one class after me. There's a couple people in that class. Uh, Mario, Mario, Jet Taylor was in your class. Jet Taylor, yeah. Uh, Delete, but Delete kind of uh, well, AKA uh, Greg Kali, but he was kind of skipped to semi pro because he's like he a big guy. Fuck it, let's let's make him you know you know actual semi pro because he got the look. All you gotta do is learn a couple of slams and moves and he good. But yeah also, yeah well let's go back and let's talk about first of all what got you interested in pro wrestling and how did you find the okay my path to the at, AT ugh, sorry my path to the apw boot camp um is very interesting so when i was young i didn't really watch wrestling but i saw rocky three and when hulk hogan came out the uh fight uh clever lane I was like, who the fuck is this guy? So my brother was like, that's Hulk Hogan. I was like, who the, who the hell is Hulk Hogan? So they always come to the Cala Palace in San Francisco. And I, I'm, from, I'm from Frisco. I lived there. And my mom took us there one day. And I was like, oh, shit, that's him. But then my brother and them got to go down to the first to the front row. Because we was up like close to the bleachers, uh, uh, bleed no, nosebleed seats. And they got to go down to the uh, front row and actually touch Hulk Hogan. I was hella fucking jealous. But... Anyway, yeah, so ever since that time, I was into wrestling. And that was kind of my getaway because uh, in all reality, outside my home, it wasn't the best. So wrestling was like one of those things that I could look look at and kind of, you know, it was different from the world I lived at. Even though we had bad guys and, you know, villains and wrestling, it was kind of, you know, that fantasy world. So ever since then, I was into wrestling. Now, going into the future, how I got there, um, like I said, I I used to, you know, be one of those guys that used to be out on the, on the street, you did my thing and stuff like that. So 
um, I had a, actually had a friend that uh, he knew I was into wrestling. So he actually uh, saw APW in the newspaper. It was like, hey, it's a, it's a wrestling school looking out for looking for wrestlers. You, I think you should do it. Because everybody always said that to me. Like, you got a built to be do some kind of athletic stuff. Even in uh, high school, I went to James Logan. And I I wasn't, I was into football, but I, I didn't really try to play it. But even the uh, varsity coach was like, who is this guy? Because I was always stocky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, everybody always seen me doing some kind of sport. So anyway, he was like, you should do it. Not just, you know, you into it and stuff like that. You know, not a lot about wrestling. Was this in 1999? Was it 99? I want to say. Because you were already there for a while when I came in. Yeah, it was either 1999 or 98. 98 okay. or 99. And so uh, we went down there and a person was training a class. I seen people in the rain. I can't remember, you know, verbatim. It's cloud, kind of cloudy. But the person that tried to, you know, sell us, signed it, sell me signing up because was Donovan Morgan. <laughs> and this was Donovan Morgan. Like he, he was way more chubbier, had a bigger mullet, and he had like he had like one of those Kango hats, but turned back. He had the MC Hammer pants. <laughs> I wonder if he's in one of these posters. So, uh, uh. Anyways, moving forward again, uh, that was, I think it was like a year or two ago, a year and a half or a year or two that happened. So anyway, I got into trouble. Like I said, I was, I was, I was a kid that got into trouble. I used to run the streets and uh, I ended up going to jail. So, uh, but unlike kind of people I was around, the street life was really my main goal. It, it was more of like, you know, I did it to make money. Like I said, I, I, I sold stuff to make money. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I used to you know, hustle, you know, mm-hmm. on the block. And uh, when I went to jail, I was like, I was like, you know, I, I'm done. And actually the situation that happened, I was actually supposed to be done selling, but the person I sold to was undercover. So it, it was like, you know, what was my luck? I, I was trying to be done and it happened. Anyway, so when I got out, it was like faith a little, a little bit how I, I I actually found myself back to APW. I um, got out, tried to stay on straight and narrow, was not trying to kick him the block no more or whatever. So I ended up getting a job uh, close by APW. And, and it was like, I was making like $7 an hour. It was, it was, it was a nothing. But I was like, man, I, I, I need a job because I, I can't go back to grinding and hustling. And uh, I was actually staying in a hotel because I made... My, my mom, she lost her place because of me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because because when they came after me, they broke her door down. You know what I'm saying? That's how bad it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I turned myself in. I was like, what the fuck I'm running for? You know? So anyway, um, so when I when I got out of jail, I really had nowhere to stay. Uh, so anyway, I took what I could as a job. And uh, making $7 an hour. And um, I was working in that area. I was like, damn I know that school's around here somewhere. Cause I wanted to do, I wanted to do something to keep myself occupied, not to involve myself back on the streets. And I knew I had, I love wrestling. And my intent was not to be actual wrestler, but just, I was curious about the business behind the curtain. Like everybody's curious about uh, how magic tricks are done. You'll see like how they do it. You know what I'm saying? That was more, my, that was more curiosity than trying to be uh, an actual wrestler. Uh, like so your goal was not to be a pro wrestler. Yeah, it was something just to to do keep my, my keep me not doing something going back to something negative, but at the same time my curiosity. 
And um, so anyway, I know I still can, can afford if I want to do it. So luckily, the same guy that got me in, got me to go down to uh, try out, to look at the, uh, the dojo, a friend of his, I saw when I was going to uh, lunch at that, set, that Jack in the Box. I was like, you know where Jack in the Box is at. Everybody's going to that Jack in the Box. That, yep. that same Jack in the Box, that's on uh, Beyond, Beyond the Man. It's on, it's on Claw Witter and Winton. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, I saw this guy here. I was like, oh, what's up, Matt? Blah, 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 blah. He was like, oh, what's up? How you doing? I was like, yeah, man, you know, blah, blah. I told him my situation. I got out and I'm working this job. He's like, oh, man. Well, I work in a job. You can make like twelve, start at twelve thousand an hour. I was like, oh shit! I was like, to me, I was like, during that time, I was like, that's better than making seven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Working a bunch of old women in a warehouse, moving printers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what I was doing. Yeah. Anyway, um, so anyway, he hooked me up. I got the job. It was still in that same same area, and I was like, you know what? I can I can afford to do this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I one one night after work, I had no car, walked, tried to find it, couldn't find it. Uh, so. A week later, three times in a row, the third time I found it. I was like, oh, this is it right here. So I went inside. It was nighttime. And I can't remember who I talked to. I don't know if it was Donovan again or whatever. Uh, I think it was Donovan. So he talked to him, blah, blah, blah. I said, I want to do this, blah, blah. I'm thinking about it. Uh, I ended up moving in my sister-in-law's house. Sorry, I'm making this real long. I'm going to try to cut it up. I moved to my sister-in-law's house, blah, blah, blah. Gender for a minute. And I had the brochure that Donovan gave me. Anyway. So this is the first time I learned the, the, the phrase work. <laughs> work, work. And this is going to be a big story about anything I talk about in wrestling, just to much trying to work you. And Dom was the first person that worked me in the business. Because he <laughs> called me, he's like, oh, oh man, uh, 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 this is Darnell, uh, you know, my, well, I can say my real name, but you know, Darnell such and such. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is uh, Dom from, from Pro Wrestling Iron. Uh, I'm being so sorry. All Pro Wrestling. Um, uh, yeah, man. Uh, I'll see what's going on with you. You know, like 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 we thought you looked good for the business, and you're just selling me. You know, and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> he sees something in me. <laughs> like, because I went there and he gave me the thing to break down the pay. I was like, huh. but I put it down. And I put it in the closet. That was it. But when he called me. He made me feel like, okay, he saw some in me, maybe I can do it. So I was like, you know what? Even though it's out of, out of my, you know, my, my, my budget, I'm going. You know what I'm saying? So, Dobbin, you get the privilege of being the first person that totally worked me and made me feel like, okay, I'm a part of business. But later on, I learned how the business is. So I went yeah. down. <laughs> so do, you remember, do you remember when Joe Applebaum told Darnell or Apollo, you're superstar? You're a superstar. You're superstar. <laughs> He's like, I think I think he caught a minute, but at the same time, like I yeah, like it was it was trying to pump me up. And that's something else I want to get into when we talk later on, is is that the problem with the business, well, the problem with some people, especially in I felt in North Carolina, is it was like they were trying to do too much K Fabe, which I knew they they most of them people came from that era. Cause like I don't know about nothing about indies now, but I kind of heard it kind of changed a little bit, where it's less mm -hmm. that type of Work, work other workers mentality and kayfabe where it's kind of like a little bit more family oriented and like people just being up straight instead of like trying to work you but the politics yeah. I think I was like in the last generation of that wave of politics you know what I'm saying yeah. like just oh, straight for sure. and like uh, a lot of that plays into how things played out with me too but we get into that later on but uh, and you know me I'm I'm a very soft-spoken person that I get to know you well I'm more of a thinker than, than, than a talker so you know being the rest of the business, especially during that time, 
people like to hear you talk and try to work people. But, um, but yeah, uh, I think Joe Appleberry meant well, but at the same time, people did try to work you. But uh, yeah, so I I went in, and then I signed up. But I signed up kind of late, you know, saying so I didn't get back, get back to that class. But uh, a, fr- a friend of ours, uh, Mario uh, Mungin, you know, ended up becoming Mario Long, which he found out later is because they was trying to make him like Teddy Long as a referee. Uh, he started in this. I think he started. He started class before me, uh-huh. and uh, I used to come every day and just work out and think, but you know, not really. Uh, train because I, I was I couldn't train yet because I was a part of that that class, but I always already signed up for the next the next season. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just work out every day. Just come there, and um, they saw me there. They know I was uh, interested. And Mario used to take me in the ring on weekends sometimes because he's living at the dojo. I tried to move that dojo so bad. I because tra- I was like because I was living in Oakland with my uncle in mm-hmm. Ghost Town. If you know about Ghost Town, it's mm-hmm. it's bad as fuck. It might be where I came from, but it, like kind of probably a little worse. Every night. <laughs> Shoot ups, people shooting up every night. I was like, I was like, I'm trying to move in the dojo so yeah. I can closer to it, whatever. Anyway, but so Mark- sorry to interrupt. The people that don't know, APW used to have like little apartments in, in their upper uh, section right. of their warehouse. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, that's I explained that. That's a big part of. But yeah, they they had dorms. We kind of like like dorms, and Mario used to stay there. He was from Cleveland, and uh, he moved in, but they didn't have room for me there. So I was just like, fuck, I really move there because I can go to work not too far from here and be there. But I was always around. And uh, on weekends, sometimes I'd come around and Mario used to teach me stuff. They didn't know that. And Mario used to teach me how to do little certain bumps like that. So it kind of helped me out when I started. Uh, so yeah, like that, that, was, that was the main uh, start of you know, trying to stay out of trouble. And when you started training, was it what you expected as far as the physicality? I know you guys had the uh, class with uh, that class with the uh, Greg uh, Thurston. You guys had a conditioning class. So were you ready physically? No, I wasn't. See, that's another good story. Um, uh, one of the things we did was doing the, the mile run, and um, that was that was even the worst thing. But uh, I used to smoke weed during that time, so we did that mile run that day. I was huffing and puffing and fucking trying to catch my wind and shit, and. Um, I knew right in and then, right then and there, that I need to stop smoking. And ever since then, I never smoked. Like I used to smoke weed. I never smoked. It stopped me from smoking weed. That's how I know how, how serious I was about it because I used to be a huge weed smoker. Like not even smoking, you know, uh, bags. Like smoke out out of uh, a sandwich bag, you know, full of weed. You know, yeah. so for me to stop that to wrestle, I knew how serious about it. But I, I knew yeah. something positive for me. And, and when uh, I yeah, when I met you, you didn't smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stopped at the time you'd stop. Yeah, yeah, because my because my cardio. But yeah, the training was 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 uh, tough, but I love that. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing about me. It's like I get a thrill out of a challenge. I have a challenge. And I get a thrill out of uh, like I said when, uh, when I'm going like like I said that's why in wrestling, uh, not trying to jump ahead, but taking bumps and shit like that. I ain't taking no pain pills, anything like that. Because like to me, I get a general rush out, out of pain. So to me, it was just like ugh. Uh, but the, the training was was uh, ruthless, and I know how they did it. It, it, it was to uh, kind of separate the um, two reasons why they did it: separate separate the weak from the tough. You'll still say to deal with no more. And because you sign that contract, APW, leave or stay, you owe money. So it was like it's easier to break them down and yeah. have less people to train and still take their money. You know what I'm saying? Because like when you start off that class, it starts off like 50 people 
or probably. The next thing you know, it's like when we go by, it's like you're down to like 12 people, but people could take it because it's like it's like it was two days out of the week. But the training was up and down the stairs, uh, uh, a leg, uh, uh, back extensions, hang out out of the ring, stand up. You know, Vinny, Vinny was throwing kicking you in the chest so you make sure if, if anybody go down, rest, rest people get pissed at other person because they go down. Be like, and then you stay up longer. So, um, but yeah, like I think it was good because mentally for the business, you got to be prepared for toughness because when it comes to mental politics of the business, <clears throat> I think the boot camp was more than just physical. It was, it was for a mental state. For the business, like not don't don't give up because you you have uh, uh you have heels to climb over, especially in the politics. Who was your your trainer at APW? Like who was who would you consider was your main trainer? Okay, um, Donovan and, and uh, Vinny. Uh, I would say kind of Vinny more, but uh, it was a little bit of both. You know, they, they kind of mixed it up a little bit, um, but. Yeah, we get into it later when we if we were get to get on Rick Thompson because uh, I I just felt like honestly the training was like I said boot camp break you down get rid of you get the money uh, training was you know teach you the the small little textbook they had of moves and if you you know grow you grow if not you know whatever but uh, yeah the tr- training wasn't wasn't it wasn't bad but the experience with Rick Thompson showed me that it was very mediocre compare but it was dominant mostly living in the dorm you know you guys were living in, in these little dorms what were some of the ribs that you guys would, would pull on each other as you know as roommates as friends because that happens i heard of a couple of things that went on but i mean can you name one one quick story that's a that's the thing about um ap that was different iron it was it was still politics but it was actually a family vibe sometime because of the dorms and i just feel like that that didn't uh, dude, the most the most pranks I saw was put on pull, pulled on uh Great Kali delete from <laughs> from uh Saran wrap above the door of the bathroom downstairs so he can go straight into it <laughs> from Tommy Drake uh putting salt and a lot of salt and pepper because like they about delete he'll be upstairs on that George Foreman grill cooking up a straight Indian meal. You don't see it like chicken, everything else, anything else. But there's another story to that too. Um, and he loves his meals at nighttime. <laughs> you see him sauteing his meal, got it all ready. So he went downstairs. He, he put the meal, he put the meal, um, his dinner inside the room. Corey went in there and put <laughs> fucking gang of fucking salt on his shit. So when he sat down and ate his meal, dude, Delete when he get mad. Like he's a cool guy, but when he get mad, you motherfucker, dude. I, I felt so bad because like I know how it is to want a meal, especially that being that fucking big too. Yeah. So fuck your shit up. From that to uh, uh, them pouring trash can water on, they, they always get him the most. Uh, put a saran wrap on the toilet when he takes. Didn't he? Re- didn't he retaliate against Tommy Drake? Didn't he like throw curry at him or something like that? He okay. The curry thing was uh, 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 was Kelly. What was her, her work name? Betty Beefcake. Betty Beefcake. So when Tommy Drake did the, the salt thing on his food, that same night he took eggs and just spat it on his fucking TV, spat it on his fucking wall. Um, that's how he got him back for that. Put it all in his fucking bed, I think. Um, so 
Betty Beefcake. Oh yeah, she the one I think did the the trash can thing. You know, say I don't know if they put it on this door like this. So when you open the door, the, the, the tr trash can with the water sliding, pour them. I think it was something like that. So <laughs> it was, it was. I think that same weekend we was doing the show, or weekend after, it don't matter. And we all sitting there chilling. Dude, he must have mixed up the best batter of fucking curry. Because the shit, the shit was so thick. So she was sitting there downstairs. And all of a sudden, we sitting there. It was like watching fucking Nickelodeon. A bunch of yellow fucking curry splashed her all in her fucking face. And you see her like this. The whole fucking day, she's like fucking Bart Simpson, dude. I swear. She tried to watch that shit off many a time. Kept Betty Beefcake. <laughs> she deserved every moment of that shit, though, because what she did to him. But yeah, like, dude, she walked around the show all day looking like fucking one of the Simpsons. Because, <laughs> like, whatever kind of curry that was. Oh, man. It yeah, stained. Like, yeah, they, they did a lot of pranks though. It, 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 like that, that was one good thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> not amazing, but the prank, the, just just you know, comical. Prank. I have I have one quick delete story. Uh, Louis Costa and I were filming some vignettes for the APW Tonight Show we were producing. We were in the school in the ring, and Delete was laying down. Like half his body was out in the sun, and half his body was in the uh, gym. Right. You know, they had the roll the rolling door. So we were getting too much light. So we needed to close the door. And we're like, well, shit, who's going to go tell him to move, right? So I'm like, all right, fuck it, I'll go. So I went over and, you know, delete, you know, you move. You know, I close the door, you know, and right. he's just mugging me, right? And I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, mm -hmm. that's it. And then he, he moves, he reluctantly, you know, he's pouting, he moves, he goes upstairs and I close the door. And then he sits down and he's just staring at me from up the, the second floor. And he's got these big walnuts and he's just yeah. looking at me and he goes, <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, dude. You know, I just need to get the shot. Yeah, yeah, I got a good good story real quick. Yeah, yeah. You you do you remember Glenn Russell? He was a uh yes. Wasn't he a ref too? Didn't he ref a little bit? I don't know. I don't even think he ref, but I don't I know I know when they did that UPW invasion on APW, they used his uh suburban or whatever that back oh, okay. But anyway, oh, he yes, was, yes, I remember him. Yeah, yeah, he, he was from uh, he was from uh, Compton. Yeah, and, and like he was a little bit more edgy than uh, even Mario was about you know certain things. Yeah, red hair, didn't he have like dyed red hair? Yeah, like the, the like you know, like an S curl, and it was like, yeah, yeah, he was, he was a cool yeah. guy. He was like one of my best friends. He's, he's, I think he's a doctor now. Mm. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, if he, if anything people knew about Glenn living in that dorm, his feet like, smell hella bad, hella bad. <laughs> So Delete did a thing where Delete, I never smelled his, his feet or his shoes, but Delete actually used to put his shoes uh, outside the, uh, the, uh, do, the um, dojo, outside the garage, like where you said you, you was trying to film at, outside there so it could air out. So <laughs> one day, Glenn, I was like, Glenn Russell, he never wore socks. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a double whammy. So uh, he took his shoes off one day. And he had it on the upstairs, you know, where the dorm, the dorm rooms were at. Dude, that whole floor smelled like fucking Frito-Lays. I swear, dude, it was bad. So Delete was like, hey, you, shoes, outside. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But not, not that fluent, you know, he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Down. And Glenn was like, and Glenn, like I said, like, he had, to, he had to, he was a small dude, but he was like, he was like, no, fuck you. <laughs> Delete was like, no, shoes, outside. He's like, no, nah, fuck you. <laughs> so obviously you see the league 
big ass fingers take one hand, take both his shoes, and he fling them across the fucking uh, dojo. You see, like some little ass Air Max is fucking across the dojo. He's like, yeah. he's like, <laughs> he just walked <laughs> Did he have foot powder in his fingers? <laughs> no, he, he should have put a little uh, fucking yeah. makeup in his shoes. But yeah, like yeah, that was one of the funny moments uh, with Delete. All right, so after APW, you know, you're you're doing the boot camp thing, and then during King of the Indies, uh, right after King of Indies 2001 is when half the roster pretty much split. You know, Donovan uh, Morgan, Michael Modest went and started Progressing Iron, and they brought in Rick Thompson, which was their old instructor, in for training. So you went with Progressing Iron, but how did that affect? the signed uh, paperwork contract that you had with Roland with APW. Okay. Now, one, one, one thing that probably stick out for people in the story about me going over for some not legit transition. And if anything people say about me, I'm, I'm 100 and I, I don't, I'm not a shady person, but me and Marlo's in a situation where our situation gave us no choice to move, move over there, you know what I'm saying? Because this is what happened. Uh, the APW dorms got closed down, uh, like because uh, the fire hazard. Somebody somebody snitched on them and threw them under the bus. And it was me, Delete, uh, Vinny Masoro, uh, Mario, and a couple other guys that stayed at the, at the dorm. But we all had to leave. I, uh, Tommy Drake. Yeah, I'm gonna say his real name, whatever. And Roland left his condo and let us stay there and um let us stay there and leap stay there <laughs> uh oh man it's worth living to leap uh out in a dorm let alone outside the dorm in a, in a small apartment um i still got his heater to this day like it's a it's a motherfucking heater that he's used you know, <laughs> old school heaters I still got that motherfucker. That motherfucker I'm telling you that, that motherfucker like that motherfucker warm up a mansion dude seriously <laughs> so what happened was, um, I, I don't want to name a promoter name. Mm-hmm. You probably know this promoter. I think it's from SoCal. He's, he's related to somebody in the wrestling business. Uh, I'm going to initials. So you probably know DA. Can't he's think of it. So me and Mario were stuck, stuck in, a, you know, in, in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, um, Donovan Modest decided to make a PWI. And I think they try to make a transition. They're trying to make it like I said, I don't know if what happened on their end. I, from my, I'm telling from my end. Transition happened, try to do it like from the back door, like slip on out from the back door and kind of leave Roland hanging. Yeah. But um, a student, I'm gonna say Tommy Drake, I don't care. He ain't on the business. If you're not in the business <laughs> no more, I think you're asking the bus. You're saying you shouldn't worry about what the was think about think about you if you're not in the business no more. Yeah. So it was a phone call. And it was some some exchange words of, of the transition, and Roland found out through this phone call. So Roland knew that we was all headed out. Um, we were standing, we were standing in that fucking uh, his his old condo. So Corey was standing there. Oh, sorry, Tommy Drake. <laughs> <laughs> and he, so he left. Uh, Delete left. I don't know. I think Delete went, went back to India, or whatever, like that. Cause I don't know you want to, he didn't want to get the vibe. I don't know his side of the story. Um, so only people left there was me and Mario and Roland refused to pay. He was paying for like, you know, energy to stay because, you know, we were standing at the dorm. He was helping us out. 
and we still mm-hmm. got paid a little rent, whatever. So energy and shit got cut off. <laughs> me and Mario had no energy. I didn't think the, yeah, the water didn't even work. So it was me and Mario alone. I don't know where, uh, I think the apartment we went to, that's where uh, Tommy Drake was staying. And anyway, so it was like Donovan gave us an option to stay where Corey will stand because they moved out this this uh, apartment, which I stayed there for years. You know, I stayed that place for years on Ashland. Yeah, and it was either stay at, we couldn't stay at the place because like lady that owned the place was like she came out to show the place because Roland's plan to sell it, and because because what we did, and she was like, dude, the toilet wasn't working, the lights was off, and me and Mario was there like, what the fuck we do? She's trying to show the place, so she was like, she was like, you know what? I don't need to pay no money. You don't care. Just y'all just got to get out of here. So when we got the offer to go stay somewhere that Tommy Drake was staying in a place of player ahead at, we, we we picked that option. So it was like our decision wasn't like okay, uh, Donovan and them are greater than Roland. It was just that we had no choice. So we just moved with PWI option because we had somewhere to live at. So we was like, hey, fuck it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I feel bad because like I still to this day uh had no had no problems with Roland. Actually, when I came back to the Bay Area, I talked to Roland face to face, no phone like that, face to face. And we had a good conversation. And of course, he still wanted his money. <laughs> yeah. He still wanted his money. <laughs> but um Roland was actually a cool guy to me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know he's a businessman, everybody played politics, but I never had an issue with him. He was always a, a, a cool dude to me. So uh what I did to him wasn't personal. It was, it was, per, it was only personal way for me. I didn't lay my head somewhere. So, and plus, Donovan Modest, they needed students. So it was like, we taking you guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, yeah. Just continue your pay over there. So that's all, how that all happened. And we just transitioned over because of that. Everybody else, I think everybody else kind of did it in a in a shady way. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Gotcha. So now you know you're in Pro Wrestling Iron. They did the whole split with APW. In 2002, I believe, is when the Tetsu Academy opened. Well, first, it was called the M&M Academy. And uh, this was in Hayward uh, at the U.S. Boxing and Karate School, where eventually I ended up doing uh, shows and Jason Stiles was training people there. He yeah. actually went there a couple of times. You, you stopped by. Um, but so how was the training with Rick Thompson, who was the guy that trained the likes of like Mike Modest and them? Okay. Rick Thompson... I told him this before, but like, you know what I'm saying? He, he was uh, being very modest as a person, like I gave him his props, but he, everything I learned that APW, because I said, me and Mario did, did our tryout to be, you know, a uh, uh, semi-pro, whatever. You know, like in uh, APW, they did like, you know, just uh, like a like a, a test match. And like, I think, you know, like you do the moves, you know, it's like- So you, you had know, three like, levels, right? You had beginners- Semi-pro, pro, correct? In pro, yeah. In APW, uh, uh, you know, you have you have the thing where they like like you just do the holds, you know, what I'm saying arm bar, blah blah blah, you know, what I'm saying. So if you pass that, it's like you know driving test. You pass, you check it all the marks, you good. Mm-hmm. But I don't mean me and Mario, we did it. Uh, first thing Don was saying, I mean, I was be honest, it's true. But like I said that's that's just how the business was back then. He was like, this is gonna be interesting for shits, for shits and giggles. And they were surprised that me and Mario actually did all the moves right. But uh, I don't think we, did, we didn't do the same tests like that at PWI. But anyway, that same book they had, I think they had at PWI, but 
uh, what Rick Thompson did, it's like a key. He turned it, he put the key in, he turned, he, he turned it. You know, say he opened your brain up to how it all works. You know, what I'm saying like instead of teaching me an arm bar and just a turn it on bar, he teach you how to do 10, 10 or more things out of that one move. So it opened your mind up of how chain wrestling works, you know, how to, you know, not just sit there and like, okay, I'm doing an arm bar. Okay, I'm doing a wrist lock. It's like you can you can take that and be innovative with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's what he did with us. He like just turned the key and opened up, open it up, open it to us. Um, and then his his breakdown, breakdown on how a match goes was just all was just the beginning of me uh, <clears throat> wanting to be a tech, technical wrestler even more. Um, mm-hmm. uh, um King of Indies, do you do you have that? Because I, I want to copy yeah. King of Indies. Okay, the first I, one or the second one? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, because I, when I started, it was in 2000, so I was there for the first King Indies. This was in Galt, the one with uh, Christopher Daniels won that one, and then I have obviously. Yeah, I, I like both. I'll pay you for it. I don't, I don't care. I'll, oh, I, I'll just, I'll just, send, I'll just send you a link. Okay. Yeah, I like both. Um, uh, what I will say is, when I like, I was all about which, which, which was my, my, which was my downfall a little bit, not downfall, but like my my bad judgment on me further the business is charisma because when I got to rest, I got to wrestle for the charisma, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the star power, you know, the, you know, the, you know, like being like the rock, like, you know, you know, the, the character and stuff like that. But the night I saw Daniel Bryan in low key match, like I knew APW was kind of style tech, technical wrestling. But when I saw that match, I was like, mm-hmm. I want that, you know what I'm saying? I want to do that. And then when Rick Thompson came and taught me how to do that, you know what I'm saying? And like he told us, he said, wrestling the match, the best way he put it to it, I said, he said the simplest things that said a lot. Mm-hmm. He said, the, the way a wrestling match works, it's like a movie. You tell a story in the beginning. Then you had a middle where you kind of still tell a story, but you bring it down a little bit. You, wanna, you don't want to be a flat line. You want to go up and down, keep people excited, but not overdo it it be always, always high because you got to give time to digest. But it's like a movie. You tell a story in the beginning, you, you can tell a story in the middle, but you know what I'm saying? Kind of work, you know, keep the people into it. Then you give them the end. You know what I'm saying? That sums up that story. Yeah. And ever since he said that, I was like, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and like that all came, came to play to my writing too. It's like, mm-hmm. I know the beginning and the end. So I'm going to try yeah. to get to the end. Uh, so that plus him giving me moves to do more than just the arm bar, like, okay, top hand wrist lock, how to reverse that, how to do a drag out of that. Instead of, okay, okay, top hand wrist lock, next move, arm bar. That's how APW was. Mm-hmm. And that's how my training was. But Rick Thompson was like, and he had come with some amateur wrestling stuff. They're like, okay, I want to y'all to be in the splits. But we didn't do really pro wrestling moves until like six or seven months into it with him. Mm-hmm. It was all amateur. And it was all shoot. That's why we had bloody airs. And that's why. That group, Hook, Hook, me, Mario, even uh, Tommy Drake, we consider ourselves test suit. Because I feel like a little bit after that, all the students after that were just press iron. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we, we beat each other out, but we enjoyed it though. You know what I'm saying? It was, a, it was very competitive. But yeah. That, uh, and it's funny because I just spoke to Rick Thompson not too long ago, like two weeks ago. And I just, you know, um, I want to eventually do an interview with him. That's why I kind of wanted to start talking to him. And uh, he said, other than amateur wrestling, he didn't have anyone to train in pro wrestling. 
So he wow. was just using his amateur stuff and he was just kind of, as he, as he's going, he started to pick up stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that makes sense then. Cause I never heard that story, but yeah, like I said, we didn't do no pro wrestling stuff for a hell of months. And, but, but at the same time, it opened your mind up to chain wrestling. It opened your mind up to reverse hosts. Like most, like even that stuff, even the stuff you learned in APW, like the sit down, you know, sit, the, the, the sit out, you know, stuff like that. He didn't just do the sit out. He didn't. He didn't just do the, uh, you know, uh, 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 this breakaway stuff like like APW. He taught you even that, even in the image wrestling, how to do counters out of, out, of, out of certain things. Like ten more things do out of that. Ten more things do out of that. So t- by the time we got to the the pro wrestling part, it was the same thing. But it's like your mind flow better of you're seeing the fundamentals of wrestling. Yeah. So it was a, it was a totally different training session. Going into your first match, how did you feel before and how did you feel afterwards? I okay, my first match was against Vito. Uh, was it at the school? It was at school, but that match was was bad, horrible. Uh, but uh, yeah, the first two matches I count is the one you said, like you said, with uh, me and Rick Thompson against Mario. Which I want to apologize to Rick for that second match with him because. I'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, it was being uh, uh, him against uh, uh, um, Vinny and, and Mario. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like, one thing I took from that match, I'm going to say this, Mr. Vinny Massaro, <laughs> I don't know if you try to do this, uh, uh, the, um, got a uh, two-core Scorpio clothesline, but he gave me a clothesline, which I think it knocked me out. He didn't knock me out, but it blacked me out. And I heard the wrestlers having that before. You know what I'm saying? Like, you still doing a match, but you're blacked out. And yeah. all I remember, he'll give me a clothesline. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I guess a minute passed, but I I didn't remember none of it. And <laughs> I, I woke up, he was pulling the ropes like this. So, but I watched, went, went back and watched it. I was still moving around like I was in the match and knew what was going on. But I literally didn't remember anything until he picked me up, to be uh, whipped me off the ropes. So, oh, I took wow. from that match. And him and Mario did some crazy shit to me. Like he did that hip toss where he uh, swung my yeah. swung my legs, I landed my face. But like I used to love taking bumps. But now I learned from what Donovan told me, take less bumps. But, but back then I, I had to have a good match, so I, was, I, I took a lot of bumps. But yeah. I'm feeling it now. I'm feeling it now. <laughs> so that was and, and uh, talking about let's talk about your second. I would say your second tape match. So technically, it's your third match was for that uh, show with Misawa. And uh, how, how was that? Did, did you follow any Japanese rest? Because I know you watched a couple of tapes. I borrowed yeah. some tapes from you before. Yeah, like I didn't really watch it. Um, yeah, anything, anything, anything you borrowed from me was probably from somebody else that I borrowed and I kept. I think I, I still have your Ultimate yeah. Dragon uh, best of. <laughs> uh, I was unbeknownst to Indies or anything like that. Like I had no idea about indies till i got into it too so mm-hmm. let alone japan uh, japanese wrestling i was a straight wwe fan uh but i fell in love with the technical part wrestling and seriously if i had a choice to go to go anywhere during that during the time i was wrestling i was always thinking about japan i didn't care about wwe because i was like especially that, that was around the time they brought but um um well one thing i want to say about that that night was i apologize to you rick thompson Cause when I watched that match, I had no idea till I watched it how I only tagged Rick Thompson in one time, and because <laughs> at night I noticed I went to the back. He was in the shower 
I was like, uh, thank you, Rick. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, what's wrong with him? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's wrong with Rick? But I, I knew when I went back and watched the match, we don't, we, me and me, Hook and uh, 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 Mario had Taylor had so many uh, spots that we never added Rick. And see, Rick old school, he caught it on the fly. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Tag, you know, like later I learned, you know, so I was green. Larry, you tag a person and let them work. You know what I'm saying? Just work it. But Rick stayed in the corner. Most, watch that match. He stayed in the corner most of that match, and I know he was pissed. But we was we was doing our spots. <laughs> it was just it was like it was like a handicap match. It was it was me against Mario Hook, and like when I watched this shit. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, Rick. I'm so yeah. sorry. We did not tag Rick in. I think I tagged him in, in once, and that was it. That 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 was so bad. It was Apollo against Hook uh, and Jack Taylor. So Rick Thompson uh, left. He he moved to Texas. The the school moved from one part of Hayward to another part of Hayward off of industrial and how did you feel the shift there as far as training because your main trainers were also in japan all the time so um the thing about it was um i think around that time me and hook branched out a lot so we learned a lot uh that's the about it um you probably get into later but um the problem is is with a lot of people i don't know about now especially in norcal the wrestlers were satisfied of being where they was just at and thinking like, like, see, now it's so different because social media is, is different than it is now. See, uh, back in our day, social media was as strong where now you, you could easily be, you could easily be seen and get booked. Where back in our days, it's like, you got to get out there. And the problem I feel like with a lot of people in NorCal, especially the Bay Area, was thinking people, you know, just hear you or see you and, 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 and push you. But me and Hook, we went for it. Uh, and so, but being on the road, um, we learn more. And think about it, it's like if you stay in the same place, you're you're. It's like it's like your parent. Everything they say, you gonna think is right. You know what I'm saying? Everything they say, you, you don't feel is is the is the is the Bible. You know what I'm saying? And if we just stayed at, at PWI and never let left, everything uh, not seeing anything they said wasn't good for us, or, or some of it wasn't true. But if if we didn't do that, we did, everything Modest and Donovan said or, or Frank Murdoch said, we'd have thought was the way how wrestling is. And that's a problem with a lot of people in NorCal at that time. It, but I said, us branching out, we learned more. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we learned about, you know, everybody's policies ain't like our politics. Yeah. Uh, 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 you, learn, you, you learn how to, uh, you know, when you wrestle with different people, you learn different things too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you grow like as long as you know how to bump right, you know, uh, uh, you know, sell whatever, or basically, basically bump right. Uh, you good enough to go out there and, and try to you know learn stuff and learn for other people. And uh, yeah, the training there was not the same uh, once Rick Thompson left. Um, um, I, I can say this, and no, like I said, I got love for all those guys. Like like I was I was closer to Donovan and Mike, but and I appreciate everything they did for us. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, open the door for us, you know, say regardless if it was for just, just to have students for pay, whatever like that, mm-hmm. they still open the door for us. Seriously, if I took the other path of going to APW, I don't know where I'd be at right now. Because a lot of, lot, of, lot of that transition from APW to PWI was actually a big move in my life. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, I don't know if I'd be where I'm at right now. The problem was Rick Rick had um, had everything, you know, organized, being, being the main trainer. Mm-hmm. I feel like with other people, 
think about it. I was a semi-pro. So like me and Hook are to the point where we at that time we we weren't uh, uh really being trained. We go there to do stuff and you know, I used to you, be on tra uh, treadmill most of the time. And then the semi-pro training really wasn't like how APW, APW was promo night, uh uh learn this and that, you know, get better your charisma. And a lot of problem with that was honestly was just the leadership. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people were put in situ put in position they shouldn't have been in over who was cool, who was closer to the promoters, mm -hmm. you know, to Donovan Mike and Miles. That's uh and Frank, that's that's the honest truth. Mm -hmm. And not taking anything from uh uh I don't want to certain people if they still in the business, but not taking any way for somebody that they put in that position, but that person should have been training people, I feel, because uh when I used to go to classy beginners, not me, uh it was practice session on, on the students. And then one time they put me in there to train them. Cause like, think about it. It's like, I don't play the game of, uh, uh, that's the problem with Iron too, I'm gonna be honest. They play the game of, you gotta, you know saying? You gotta figure out what they want from you. The KFA mode. It's like, talk to me. We're grown men. You know what I'm saying? I got to see a young boy, you kind of stay KFA bitch, but I'm, 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 I'm past that. Talk to me if you want me, you want to train people, do so. But like, don't think, okay, I got supposed to train people. Like I'm supposed to get jealous. Like that's, that's that bitch shit. I'll just be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to get jealous of nobody. Oh, he trained them. Why ain't, why you ain't pick me? I give two shits. Really? I didn't want to train people for one. And two, even if I did, I don't really care. Like I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, get butt hurt like a little mm -hmm. girl. Cause you know, saying smiles training, you know what I'm saying? But that's the type of uh, uh, taxes they use. And anyway, when I train people, I found out the students just wasn't getting trained right. Because even APW, when we did amateur wrestling like that, we did it. Like I said, if I'm bringing, bringing out, out of out of uh, uh, um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, I'm sorry, a body lock or whatever, mm -hmm. I'm using full force. You know, saying and like I'm trying to work for it. Everything they did was like choreographed. They do amateur wrestling like, okay, I'm gonna go down for them. You know what I'm saying? Okay, mm -hmm. he got me a body body lock. Okay, when he break, I'm gonna uh, break my arm, but my hands from him. Where ABW, we really do that. Rick Thompson, we really didn't do that because he get on. You know what I'm saying? Like if you don't get out, you got to get out. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So they was getting trained mediocre, and I was, while I was doing it with them, they look at me like, damn, why he's so rough? This house trained. That's yeah. why I, everybody where I came from, from Rick Thompson class, I feel like we was all tattoo. We was really tested because we was like the tough ones. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, yeah. Hook, Hook Bomberry had bloody ear. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You know, I, I, I had cauliflower ear. He had one because we was like really going at it. But the training went from that to mediocre. And like you said, uh, the, it was nobody there to, to supervise the training. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it, was a lot, it was a lot of politics of let's put this guy there because we like him. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's like everything else they did. Like, I, yeah. I like the whole thing with the um uh I love the guys, but it's the whole phrase like Vince gave with WCW. It was like it was like once they got a company, it's like the MS running an asylum. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It was like it, it was more about ego than the business to me, I felt. You know what I'm saying? I ain't saying they try to they ain't trying to run a business, but it was like they made a lot of moves politic-wise out of ego instead of just like was was more better for for their business even when mm -hmm. it came to Noah I just felt for my for my end I felt even who, who wrestled Masawa and o o Ogawa it's like yeah. put the guys in there represent your company right 
I don't care. It's not even me. It yeah. to be me. But put the guys in your in your company that's going to make you make them go. Okay, we want to invest to this company. It could be Tommy Drake or anybody else, but do it the right way. Don't do it because okay, this this person you know he, I'm cool with this person, so I'm gonna put him in the match. Yeah. It represent our company. But yeah. So we're going back. We're talking about you got you and Hook going out and branching out to other promotions. I know because I went with you guys to a lot of these places. Like you know, you guys went up to uh, Supreme Pro Wrestling with Big Ugly. You guys went down south to uh, Rev Pro, and then eventually uh, PWG. How were you guys perceived in other spots? Like you know, because a lot of people thought NorCal was a little stiffer, or the Tetsu uh, uh, group was a little stiffer. Like how were you perceived? When so. Uh, I got, kind of like I was saying earlier, a lot of guys uh, uh, get stuck on uh, uh, just staying where they're at and hopefully people pick them up. Nowadays, like mm-hmm. it's different probably, but back in those days, I'm, I'm talking about um, people really don't care. I'll say this, people that's, that's seasoned, like the Christopher Daniels, Tony, uh, Frank Kazarian's, know that guy too. Uh, I had a good story about him too, uh, about, about uh, King of Indies, something I did. I don't know if you remember those. Oh, Kazarian? Yeah, we'll tell you real quick. Yeah, real yeah, quick. yeah, 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 no. yeah, go ahead. Yo, King of Indies, you remember how to drink wine. I don't drink no more, you know what I'm saying? Like in uh, Carlo Rossi, blush. Yeah, you're sober. <laughs> I want to let you know, Frank, is there, you're going to see this, I doubt it. Um, uh, you got me into box wine. So, <laughs> so, King of Indies, I was a young boy at the time. Yo, do you want to, the, 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 uh, you know. The, uh, I was going to ask you what you did during King of Indies. I don't remember seeing you. I know Mario yeah. Reft. Yeah, I, I I was doing security. I was always staying at one corner over there in uh, was the marina or something like that. Yeah, yeah, the Mayor yeah. Island. Yeah, so when they get King of Indies that one that one show, so um, Frank Kazarian, I think I'll, it was him or somebody else, but Frank Kazarian came because they had an after little thing, like like kind of like an after party or whatever, just you know everybody coming to eat you know, a little barbecue, and <laughs> that's why I was into wine. So Frank Kazarian <laughs> bring a box of wine, and. <laughs> Me I remember young, this now. Me being a young boy that I am. Uh, so he put it, he put it on the table. <laughs> so once he put it on the table, I was like, oh, cool, wine. I don't have a box of wine, but it's wine. So I, <laughs> I, I, I took it for myself to open it up myself. And I start to start fucking pouring the wine. And Frankie kids can look at me like, who is this dude? Like, like <laughs> I didn't offer it to my wine. And I, I knew he was a young boy too. So <laughs> Not, not only that, I had like two more cups. <laughs> and Frank Kazarian's looking at me like, who is this guy? Nobody else touches it but me. And I was just like, <laughs> so if you don't remember, that was me. That was me, Frankie. But I know Frankie know me as Apollo, as Apollo come, but at that time I was at my government name. But I don't know if he yeah. knew I was me or not, but he looked at me like, who the fuck is this guy? He keeps drinking my fucking wine. But, so hey. that's where it started. I mean, I, I remember it. I remember hanging out a lot with you and we would go to that liquor store, the town and country, right, right around the corner Everybody from the place. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was the spot. I think people still go there. That's the yeah. way. I was like, every time I drive by there, I'm like, oh yeah, this Apollo used to get his Carlo Rossi. I would get like some tall boys of Modelo, whatever beer. <laughs> Old school. Um, but yeah, uh, quick back to what we were talking about. Yeah. yeah. So the thing I want to say is, is, is seasoned people, uh, are aware of that just because you got trained somewhere are you like i said we're the proteges of Delvin morgan michael modest doesn't mean that you wrestle like them but mm-hmm. me and hook we we took it out upon ourselves to go out and start getting booked and like 
word of mouth started getting out there because we had these stiff matches and or snug matches to us, but you know, people call it stiff. Mm-hmm. And um we 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 gain our own respect. That's the thing people don't know. Like you gotta gain your own respect. People don't care about where you came from. It d- depends on what you do. Mm-hmm. But we start getting respect. And every time we went somewhere new, it was me and him, me and him considered. We, we, we was what you consider a married couple. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we travel up and down uh, California and you get kept going. And we always had these matches. And uh, we got our name out there. And that's the thing about it. It's like we took apart ourselves mm-hmm. to get out of, out of the Bay Area and go and go for it. And think about it, we learned. Even though we did matches ourselves, we ended up doing certain matches outside our, our own matches at those promotions. And um, yeah, like it was funny when we first went to LA. You see people trying to do our style. Like I want to say Excalibur. I think you try to do it. Like you see people give people forearms and not hitting the the, the pocket. They 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 hitting the actual neck. You don't see where the vein at and shit like that. And um uh and like I think some people didn't, some people didn't like. Well, Hook he laid he laid he laid off a little bit. You know he. But me, I, every one hundred ten percent, as the, all my heat was snug or stiff, and, it, and it, that's why I think people didn't want to wrestle me. <laughs> After a while, I look back, I was like, I ain't getting booked. <laughs> people was like, that motherfucker is stiff. Yeah. But I love that shit. But like I said, when you, I give it to you, you give back, to, give back to me. And I think some people uh, thought they give back to me or harder, like I loosen up. But I get yeah, more yeah. stiff. I'd be like, I'm like, no, I love this shit. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's go. But uh, yeah, me and Hook, we, we went out there as a, like, we considered like a married couple and it's like mm-hmm. a name for ourselves. And we got, we started getting respect. You got Frank, Frank Azarian's, uh, Christopher Daniels and stuff like that. You know, uh, like, okay, okay. Like these guys, you know, they, they technically sound. Yeah. And then, so, and then you continued to be booked in PWG. So how was working with guys there? I know you, you worked guys like uh, the Pitbulls, like one of the Havana Pitbulls, uh, guys like uh, Baby Slim, and, and, and all these people. So how was it working with PWG who ended up blowing up as a, as a huge promotion? Right. Uh, that's one of the reasons I think they stopped booking me because <laughs> I don't think anybody really want to wrestle me. Cause it was like, you know, uh, cause I thought like just my style out in a wrestling, <clears throat> a Samoa Joe or CM Punk, you know, even those, those cool guys to me, but uh, I never booked, I never wrestled, but I took, took, took a step back from the business. I saw, okay, a lot of people probably didn't want to work me because Everything I did was a stiff. I didn't know how to lay up. Um, yeah, I liked it. There they, they was cool guys. Um, I think my last match there was against them. And I and, and I, I think I talked about this in my, my own little podcast that uh, Hook didn't see it that way, but it was like they were cool with us and it was cool guys. But being that we're both from uh, different dojos, you know what I'm saying? Like, like they was from the New Japan dojo in LA. Mm-hmm. We from, uh, you know, uh, press iron but it's considered like aka you know slash noah mm-hmm. it was like when oh, i got gotcha. in there mm-hmm. who said he didn't feel it but i felt he was trying to shoot but i don't think it, it was like you know f- i don't like you because it was actually cool but i think it was like they feel like they needed to represent their dojo against ours uh, and yeah it, it turned to a little shoot shoot chain between me and uh rocky and i ended up putting him in a sharpshooter and, and, and then uh and like everybody, oh shit! And like I got up, he was like, squared me up. Then it, it was done shooting. But uh, no, it was a good. I liked PW, PWG. It was, it was always good to me. Uh, they paid decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I totally think looking back at it, uh, I stopped getting booked because Hook knew to, to, to like lighten up a little bit, mm-hmm. and Hook got, Hook got more into 
um, you know, you know, and then he started doing more comedy too, a little bit more comedy, right? right. And uh, I think most of it had to do with uh, he, he, like he broke he broke his ankle. You know, we know he mm -hmm. had a, to do with uh, Sarah Del Rey in mm -hmm. the ring. He broke his ankle. And ever since after that, I think he kind of like you know got it to you know what I can't do the same shit no more. So yeah. you got to ask him yourself, but I can't. Uh, yeah, that. he we had him on here. He mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. So he started going to comedy thing, but that was my that was my 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 problem. Uh, like uh, Super Dragon always told me, <clears throat> even when I try to get booked with him again, like no, we, we like your work. You know, so we like we like your 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 work in the ring, but we, right now we got no spots, which is you know you know I know they can find a spot, but that that was a problem when I went to went to L.A. and I started doing improv and started wrestling. Yeah, uh, and, and I start, you know, I start realizing like, okay, that's why I fucked up at because I was I was going around trying to be the crass, the, the black Benoit because I, I I was a fan of Benoit and like I said I consider myself because like that's my style just like straight technical. I go out to the ring. I'm not over talking like that. Um, I, I go straight to the ring and just fucking wrestle and do my thing. And but same time, I lost what got me into the business, which was you know the entertainment part. You know mm -hmm. saying. At the end of the day, you gotta have a character for people to connect to or people to like other yeah. than the rest. Because like, regardless, even at PWG, when my matches are done, it was cool to get the clap. I, I didn't get the like, hey, I got the clap. That's like respect going, okay, you, you like good wrestling. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like, I wasn't, you know, getting the the, the crowd reaction of an entertainer completely. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, people forgot about that. You know that lock code I did and the cool chain wrestling because yeah, but Gabby's wrestling wasn't even that either. It was the entertainment part, part the Christmas, yeah. and I, that's why I fucked myself as in I think could you continue to get booked because like okay we know we can wrestle, you know we know we can do like good wrestling and tell story yeah. ring, but he's not doing no, no no entertainment like when Daniel Bryan wrestled with PWG he did a little entertainment shit. He's a he's a great wrestler, but even yeah. he gave a little bit of entertainment to what he did. You know, said to you know, like and he wasn't known to be a charismatic person either, or or right, right. character. Yeah, yeah. But you look, you look back at his matches. Uh, PWG, he did some shit like like you know, like kind of you know, uh, gimmick gimmicky shit sometimes. But you got to do that so people feel like you got something. You know, what I'm saying of character, and I that's why that's what I lacked. You know, what are some of the opportunities, bigger opportunities you had um, during your wrestling career? Or have you done? Uh, WWE uh, extra talent. I know you did a TNA match, right? Um, I, okay, yeah, I did WWE. Um, once again, we, we was at the stage. Uh, we was at the that last stage of politics, wrestling politics, and WWE was a, a good experience to know how it works. It, it's it's literally lights, camera, action. Anywhere you turn, even the back. Like it's a camera there, so like, you gotta be careful where you go. But the problem was, we was honestly told from our promoters, you know, Mike Dunn and I don't know who exactly said it, one of them, because like I'm pretty sure like when they went to WWE, kayfabe was still big, so it was still like not seeing it was there when Hulk Hogan and stuff was there. I'm pretty sure it was like a little later than that, you know, it was like not that that far back, but kayfabe was still alive. So you go in WWE, of course, the locker room was not. Like 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 your your indies. So you know, saying stay in your corner or don't say nothing to nobody. So I'm pretty sure their uh, what they told us to do when we went there was from their experience. And it was like, don't say nothing to nobody. It's my come to you speak, but don't say nothing to nobody. 
So this is during a time where wrestling totally changed the back. You'll see John Cena was you know, just coming up, blah, blah, blah. Um, we went there and it was just like, we quiet. And okay, it was me, it was me, Tommy Drake, and Vito Tomaselli. Not mm-hmm. the Vito, right? And uh, first night we went there it was a Sunday night heat. We was filming that. And then I think Bobby Quince got got booked for a dark match with uh, I've got dude. And instead of us staying, just you know, just to be happy that at least we got there, they wanted to leave. And already we wasn't talking to nobody. You see Shawn Michaels, even uh, uh, Shawn Michaels, even Tribulation and him, like looking back at us like, when he's gonna go talk? We went to the catering room and Vince is like sitting like in the middle. And this time when the two twin towers went down you know, or, or, or the war was going on and Vince was sitting right there. You know, people, you see Booger T going to, hey, how you doing sir, blah, blah, blah. We don't ain't saying nothing to Vince. We're not saying nothing to none of the rest. We just sitting there in our own little world. Mm-hmm. Even once, one point, Stone Cold came to us. It's like trying to loosen it up. It's like, well, we're gonna see for you guys, you know, arm bars, blah, blah blah. You know, whatever y'all, what y'all need to loosen up with. You know, a little bit of Jack Daniels or whatever you said, uh, kind of some kind of liquor. But he's trying to loosen us up. They seen we was kind of tense, and all it came off as as we was fucking just these, just these rude, uh, 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 um, you know, just ego t- ego type fucking guys that come in here and had no respect for for being there and I was probably was, was, was invited there the day back but um, yeah so we left early and you can see grabbing our bags if I drew there I would have stayed you know so just to, just to be in an in environment and learn shit yeah. but you see Triple H on them guys Kane on them guys looking at us like okay we, we got our bags leaving you see Rick Flair looking at us like you guys leaving literally I don't know how we was invited back the next day because we had so much heat mm-hmm. the next day that's why in the match I had with Bill DeMott, he tried to shoot on me. But I didn't even know it during that match. If I have a good snap bump, yeah, my head would have came off my body. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because he literally tried to do the two-core Scorpio, Scorpio and do the uppercut clothesline. You can see it when you watch, watch it. But I snapped so fast, I, didn't, I couldn't even tell. But yeah, we had so much heat. Even Rock Chichi tried to get us in the ring to uh, run around with He's like, hey, get in the ring. Run around with, with Charlie, Charlie Haas. Not only, you know, Charlie Haas got, you know, better rain skills than I, I do. She wrestling. But we had heat. Even Eddie Grove passed by. I was looking at us like, because the, the word was around. Those guys from other night that left early. Even Chris Brown told us when we was like, uh, we was, I was doing my match, of course, doing my match. Chris Brown was like, uh, you guys will stick around, right? And I was like, and Corey was like, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll stick around. But it was just like, we was told the wrong information. It was like, we should have talked to people. Vito started doing it. Vito's like, hey, hey, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. But uh, even the next day I said, what's up with Triple H? But he gave me like the light handshake, like. Yeah, the yeah. handshake. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, it's too late for that shit. But, uh, but yeah, um, it was a cool experience, but I still had Japan in my mind. But uh, yeah, like, I feel like any kind of, that's why I feel like any time after that, we had a bad rest. The way we came in, it, mm-hmm. it was like, it was like we showed no respect. Well, we we didn't intend to do that, but it came off that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, th- that's why I, I think with my match, it was like, I think it supposed to be a shoot, but I could bump fast. You know, say it, it bothered me. It was at one point I played like my eyes rolled back my head because he said that's what Fanaki did, and 
the re- the uh the doctor really thought I was knocked out, and he put a fucking smell of salt in my nose. But you guys are gonna see it, and I was like, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. That shit was strong. <laughs> I was fucking watering and shit. <laughs> but he thought I was fucking knocked out because I told Bill Demont, do a power bomb with me, then on my shoulders because like I said second row school. It's kind of like a second row schoolboy. Mm-hmm. If you, you power bomb me, I could bounce off my shoulders. But that's why you see when I just a power bomb, it looked kind of awkward because he didn't do it the right way. But I was trying to just put him over because I was like, I already know I'm gonna get squashed. Yeah. But yeah, even the part where I did the uh, second row jump, I was did my, my, my move. I do do the uh, <laughs> do the spear. He was like, no, no, no. I do a clothesline right here. I was like, okay, it's your it's, it's your match. And yeah, I jumped off. People called me in the air did clothesline, but he did it. But yeah, even if you had me the road. I know it was all a shoot, but I'm tougher than that. I was like, I'm here. I'm here to do a job. So it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but TNA was a different experience, and uh, I, I think uh, uh, Luke Hawks for that because I know he was. One. I feel like I was there. I got a lot, a lot of love. Because our guy Spike spoke kind of highly of, because even Dixie Carter came to me he's like, "Oh, hey, how you doing?" I, and I told my my real name because you're working there. She was like, "Oh, yeah, um, yeah, I got a a, a, a friend or or, or Spino named Darnell." I was like, "Oh, cool." But you know, once again, just like the CM Punk thing, me being so soft spoken, it came out the wrong way. I was like, I was like, I was like, "Oh, yeah, okay." <laughs> she was like. Okay, all right. <laughs> it's nice, but it came off bad. But it's like I'm not the proper person, person. Like, oh yeah, blah blah blah. You know, so it came off bad. But uh, yeah, just I think the word got around through Frankie and it booked me Michael Which, Shane. Yes, so Michael's yeah. uh, and he tried to do a thing. We tried to cave me for most of the time, and he didn't want to call our match to the mm-hmm. last moment. And he came to me like, what's that? Like ten minutes from our match, he talked to me about it. And to me, I was fine because right at that time stage my my career. Yeah. I can I can I can go in the ring and just work you know, on the fly. So he came in there and just and we went over a couple of things and we just get in the ring. Now um, let's go to your you're kind of winding down in the wrestling and and as and as a friend as someone that hung hung out with you a lot, I could see that your eye went to entertainment. Like you wanted, you know, I was there when you did your first stand up uh, comic comedy routine, <laughs> and uh, you know then you got into writing. You know you're showing me this. Uh, your your script for this movie that eventually you did end up making called the Cohasset Snuff Film. Check it out. Right. And uh, so what? So I can tell that wrestling you were already kind of disappointed with it. So did you were you were you disappointed with wrestling at the time, or did you just want to do a complete change and to just do entertainment? Yeah, it, it was definitely just. It definitely was. I feel like I, I didn't feel like wrestling uh, uh, had any. Uh, uh, um, legs on it at that time because i said it'll, it'll still going through, through that time it was still going through that phase of uh they trying to find figure out how to uh uh, uh you know re- get themselves back into the business the right way after buying out wcw because that, that should last for a couple of years you know what I'm saying like there was there was they, they was trying to find themselves with so many wrestlers so to me i feel like the business wasn't the same it was like the content was the same i i, I feel like you know like a couple years after I, I I stopped, I was like, damn, I should, I should have stayed into it. But um, yeah, th- that was the main reason. And first, I want to get plugged to uh, Edward Payson, who who was who directed uh, the Snow film too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he would like that. Uh, funny story to that me making that. Do you do you do you do you even remember why I made that uh, that script? Uh, why you did it? No, I remember. I remember reading it. I remember I shot some promo pictures for it for like a fake cover. Yeah. To, yeah. 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 So uh, 
remember you was doing this show in your studio, like a Twilight uh, Zone type thing, like episodes. So yeah. yeah, that's when I like I like me I like like I said the whole Rick Thompson thing of uh you know how to tell a story. So to me, like I I took that old idea into the ring, from and from the ring to just like how I see, you know, putting together you know a, a, a movie or a script or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I didn't professionally know how to do a script. I I went to a store, brought a book, and read on how how to write scripts, how to do the word format, mm-hmm. but. What inspired me to make Cohasset was you doing that. Cause I was like, I wanna I want to say I can make a horror story, but mm. but in a cheap way, I can do it myself. It, it makes sense why I'm doing it in a cheap way, which yeah. was by him filming it itself. Yeah. So I said, okay, that's why the same care code I got now that's way outdated. <laughs> it's hella outdated. I, I brought that, I, I saved money up and brought that. I said, okay, I'm, 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 I'm gonna film. It was called Minor Seal Killer at the time. I'm gonna film this Minor Seal Killer with this. And, and I'm gonna make it, it'll make sense why it look cheap because he's filming himself. So you actually inspired me because I was like, I, I'm gonna challenge myself to make up my own horror thing. But the reason I made that whole concept, oh, it, it makes sense that it's cheap yeah. of how it's filmed. So I just it, shared that that movie recently, the one that you that we shot at the TV studio there. I just shared it for like Halloween. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, no, I, I totally saw that in you that you that you were dedicated to this script, and like you said, you have no formal training. You went to LA, you moved to LA, and you did a lot of uh, improv comedy. I remember you did a character named like Queen Bee or something like that. Yeah, so you were you were out there, so you're putting it out there, like you're you're dedicated yourself to to entertainment. Yeah, when I went out there, uh, that's what I said. Like when I when I started doing improv and doing theater in Hollywood, that's what I I realized what I what I messed up at in wrestling of what character, you know, the character, you know, saying and you know entertaining people, and yeah, we did a lot of sketch coming like Saturday Night Live, and it, it was fun. Night. And the thing about it, what inspired me more to write was that the director, the director of the theater, he wrote for Pirates of the Caribbean, Spider Man, whatever, and. It was a lot of people there from Chicago, New York, LA, yeah. that we all got together on weekends and, and uh, came out ideas for sketches. And some people's sketches I took on myself and wrote. And the thing about it is when a person takes you alone and tell you something positive about yourself, you can say, okay, thank you, but you kind of question it. Mm-hmm. But when your person tell you from the whole, your whole group, mm-hmm. he told me, he was like, cause like, like I said, I'll be honest, my grammar wasn't the best. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I didn't go to writing class, but I could tell a story. And, yeah. and like, like I said, even my, of course when you write something, you think it's good or you think it's decent. But till he told me that day, I'd always say, you got the best writing in here. Cause you, cause you know how to put the, put a story together from the beginning to the end. Yeah. And he said it from, from everybody, all, all the people that have been doing this longer than me. And it, it made me feel so weird because I was like, okay, I don't even really mean that. So I felt even more confidence in my writing when I was doing my creativity. And people actually used to come to me and like, I had this idea, this idea. And I used to, at nighttime, write these sketches. Mm-hmm. And of course, they critique stuff. Cause you know, like I said, like I was a professional writer, you know, yeah. like, but I could tell a story. And there's this then I was like, okay, that's what I love doing is telling, telling stories. I, said, I wish I could work for WE and, 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 you know, help them write. But same time, you have to have a degree and shit like that. And I got none of that, so. Uh, I also got to shoot a lot of comedy stuff with you when you did your uh, Life of a Pro Wrestler skit. You know, all, all the different characters. I still think Rainbow Warrior would have been a great wrestling character. Him versus, uh, what, what was that the character that Ryan Drago did? Uh, 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 Taku or the, the, the. Oh, Super Otaku? 
Tubataku. You remember, you remember Warrior? That would have been a match. Right? <laughs> I actually did uh, a skit, yeah, I think. Yeah. What's that? No, I actually, I think I, I, did, I did a skit with him or some some character like that. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, you were you were interviewing uh, you know people from PWG like Joey Ryan, and Tuchel, I mean uh, uh, Scorpio Sky, and all those people. So yeah, it was just you know you wanted to entertain. Um, so going back a little bit to wrestling, we're kind of winding down now. Um, favorite road story, and that's funny because. I don't know if I didn't know if I would I should have asked you this question because every time we went on a road trip, you were just a fall asleep the whole fucking way. <laughs> yeah, like <clears throat> the thing about me too uh, during those days, like I know if I got a car, I'll have to ride a range truck. I never I never wanted to know I, I know how to uh, drive DC. So because so anyway, yeah, road trips it's it's like a plane ride. I just go to sleep. I mean, if it's not any kind of <laughs> you know action or pranks going on, uh, I fall asleep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just fall asleep uh, a lot. Um, we like I, I remember uh, Vito and them used to do some good stuff on the road. Like, if you fall asleep sometime, if you knew, uh, they, they do a thing where <clears throat> if you fall asleep, they'll find a spot and hit the brakes hella hard. They wake you up like ah, and yeah, yell like you're getting an accident. But yeah. they did to me. I got woke up like, but most, most people get scared. I, I didn't get scared of that. Uh, they used to do shit like. I think they left Maya one time. Like she needed to use the bathroom, so she went by a dumpster, <laughs> and they just peeled off on her. And she, you see her running down, pulling her. Um, one of one of my favorite ones, and I don't know if you remember this or if you want to remember, but I remember it was around the time that you were like not really feeling wrestling, but you wanted to do a tryout for uh, New Japan LA. Right. So I drove I drove down there with you because I'm like, all right, I'm gonna hype my boy up. I'm gonna take him down there. You know, he's gonna do it. You know, I, I believe in my boy. We drove down there and you like blew up <laughs> quick during the thing. And then afterwards, you're like, all right, man, let's go hang out. And I'm like, hell no. I was hella mad. Like, let's go back yeah, to the Bay Area. Yeah. I feel so bad. So this is the thing. <laughs> this that this is this this is the thing. I was a fucking idiot. This is around the time in the wrestling career when I was doing uh, I, I stopped really actually uh, wrestling matches like, you know, very, very technical and started doing like this trade bar moves and shit. Started getting lazy, drinking, drinking a lot of the Colorado. So my dumb ass drunk a whole bottle of Colorado that night. And like, I was like, I'm pro. I'll be good. But we got there, Mr. Colorado decided to show up with my ass in a training. <laughs> And you remember like the the, uh, the uh, Japanese guy that kind of ran a dojo or, or, or yeah yeah or, or person for them gave me like yeah you said like a little bowl a little bowl of water <laughs> like baby Yoda and I was drinking out of the fucking bowl sipping the water like baby Yoda you were just like oh and, and think about it I think uh, uh, Rocky and Rocky put a, probably put a good word, word on word like, on me. like okay watch out for this guy even uh her name was Nikki something she was a wrestler and like that was the first time no, probably the second time but they had like a twenty by twenty. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Like it was like one, two, three, turn. It was like one, two, three, four. Oh shit. Yeah. So even running the ropes threw me off. So like it, it was a bad kid. And like I really wanted to try out good for him. Cause like I said, like I was I really wanted to go to Japan and like like cause I really like like I said, it wasn't about the pay or anything like that. It was about me just really loving Japanese wrestling. And um and uh after that, uh I actually had another chance to go to Japan acting wise for Universal Studios. And, uh, uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, and like that was like this is my way to go to Japan because like I love like I'm a very um, artistic person, uh, creative person. So Japan, I feel like is a very creative place, and just going there just for their their uh, culture, 
know what I'm saying, was the thing thing I was interested in too. So I was mm-hmm. like, it's my chance to go to Japan. I feel, I, I kind of messed up with that. You know, I, I wish you could have got the hottest of those auditions. I was dressing up as fucking Flavor Flav's sister. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 um, the next season, I dressed up as the girl that tried out tried out. Uh, this all sounds I, this all sounds familiar. Like I've seen this. Yeah, I told him. I told him to see me some reels of it. But think about okay. It was so funny because everybody there uh, had like I, I hated. That's one thing I hate about LA: the fake headshots. Because most people headshots look shit like them. It, it, it looked like a totally different person. You look like super airbrushed, everything. Uh, but I went to this audition, and let alone my package was like this shitty resume. <laughs> but it was like my theater shit, wrestling. That's all I had: theater and wrestling. And mm. my headshot was. <laughs> it was me taking a picture that my girlfriend took and it was like hella dark no light <laughs> it was like and i printed out on my printer so it was like hella rough like hella rough uh, uh print the color oh yeah dude so i went to audition and they was laughing their ass off and the, the guy's like okay he a finalist and a, the, literally the girl said to him are you sure <laughs> she was like are you sure they was like no 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 he's good and she's looking at him like, okay. <laughs> you see my package. And she's just like new, like, like I was like out of my league with everybody else there. Everybody else was doing, you know, theater and probably did Disneyland and you know, shit like that. Yeah. And then uh second year I went, like they invited me back. But then once again, it was like like they told me to get a passport, they, they, they were gonna bring me. But when they, at the end of the day, it came up to they was like, like, like we like you, you're funny, but you kind of just don't fit their program. Everybody else is like, you know, doing Peter Pan shit and stuff like that. It was like, yeah. we're trying to find somewhere we could fit you in. Cause like, we feel like you're very talented, but it was like, and I got a passport, dude, spent hell of a passport everything, but yeah. <laughs> I try to go to Japan. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a quick story about uh, uh, a time the promoter was trying to stiff you in money or the, the funniest excuse of, of not getting paid? At a show, you don't have to name names if you don't want to. But <laughs> uh, remember, uh, I I think the show, this show, uh, I worked Rock Carroll. Uh, was it PCW and uh, in SoCal? No, no. Was it okay? Or was it PCW and NorCal? Was it uh, okay? Do you remember a guy named Aaron Proctor? Yes. So that was uh, SoCal. Yeah. Okay. It was PCW and SoCal. Yeah. I worked. I worked Rock Carroll, didn't I? Okay. Yeah. I don't know what would happen with Rod Carroll, but I think me and Hook got kind of stiff in our pay. And uh, so I was like, okay. I said, like, oh, we're getting paid. I don't know if he still was completely on our pay or, or a little bit, mm-hmm. but I remember him telling, like, I'm going to pay you guys. It never did. K Fable. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah. So years later, he called me himself. I've got all about to pay. I was like, fuck it. It is it's water in the bridge. I ain't getting my money. Years later, he called me. Was like, "Yeah, man. Uh, I know I was. Oh, you got. Oh, you. Uh, my ways change. My 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 ways like change. I guess he got. You became religious and like that. He hmm. was like, uh, I know I owe you this much money. I, I'm gonna pay you. Uh, tell me, give me your address so I can send it to you, and I'll pay you this and that. So I don't know if he thought I was gonna sit there and go, No, no. You know what? Your life changed. You spiritual now. Because I'm I'm not religious. So to me, you saying that to me don't even yeah. mean it to me. So I think yeah. he thought, you know, I go." No man, you, you with the word of God now, blah blah blah. You have to pay me no more. So I was like, yeah, my address is. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he was like, oh, okay, man, yeah, yeah, I'll send it to you. Uh, probably, you know, in a, in a week or two. Never got it. 
I, I've, seen that, I've seen that apartment for like a year and a half. Never got it, but I think he thought I was gonna give him, a, you know, give him a, a some kind of waiver. Like, no, you know what, yeah. man, you got the way a guy, you know, what I'm saying. But yeah, um, yeah, that's that's my only like real bad experience. Of course, I got promoters that actually, you know, booked booked me like once or twice. They didn't pay me. But one thing me and Hook learned is if you don't know, if it's not a promotion that you know making money and they're a good promotion, and they got bigger stars than you on there. I, I feel like if you get your money ahead of time, don't work there. Because the people that's like the Christopher Daniels or Frank Azarians, they gonna get they, they, they guarantee to get paid. They probably got a little yeah. bit ahead of time. So yeah. the likelihood of you getting paid, if, especially if promotion starting off or you know saying like the little Ricky Dick promotion is is, is very low. So yeah. I, I feel like you should never uh I don't know how it is nowadays, but I know back in our days when you got bigger names on the card, especially too many. And you and you like the low totem pole? Don't don't work. Don't work because you you you're not gonna get paid. You probably won't get yeah. paid. You probably probably barely get a penny because they can't they mm-hmm. they can't they don't pick take care of the bigger guys, not you. So yeah, no, it, it happens. Uh, I don't think it happens that much anymore to tell you the truth. But back then, for sure, I could totally yeah, see that. Uh, what has been the craziest fan interaction you've had at the show? Like either someone is too like overzealous, or or, or someone is actually trying to fight you because you did your job as a heel. Um, I never had anybody try to fight me. Uh, I had, I I actually had a um, that Frank Murdoch, um, that Frank Murdoch for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually had a fan because like you know Frank Murdoch, he played the racist role, the racist role. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we wrestled that. You know, we didn't wrestle to the cage match, but we had a promo session. We, we had a, a segment when we was you know in the ring, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he said some stuff, blah blah blah. I think it was Lathrop. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, he uh, it was something like where I think he beat me down, or whatever. So <laughs> I come from the back, and, you know, go around, just walking around. And one of the uh fans was a, was a, was a black kid, <laughs> and he, he literally said, he, he literally said, Man, why you think, man, why you that? <laughs> Man, why you let that, that white dude beat your ass? <laughs> come on, man. Come on, brother. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, I didn't know what to say. But, but all thing I could do was kind of walk away in K Fame. And I was like, Yeah, yeah. It's like being that a person that's supposed to be, you know, looking like this pro wrestling star, you, you'll sit there and look like you're a fool. Or I, only thing I could do is walk away and look K Fame. But that's probably the only thing I've seen a fan say to me. Uh, and then I think, uh, I think uh, um, SPW. I was trying for once to have a charisma. And I said, okay, when I come out, I'm gonna be amped. So when I wrestle, when I bring it down, you know, saying at least I did something. And once again, another, another brother, you have to be a brother. I was in the crowd at SBW and I, and I, and I was like on the turn like, yeah, what? And then this one dude was like, and we got a little quiet. He's like, he's like, man, why are you making a fucking fool out of yourself? <laughs> Like, yeah. I guess, I guess, I guess, I ain't gonna try that no more. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, if the fans say I'm looking for myself, I guess I'm looking fool. So ain't no, ain't no more jumping on the ropes and yelling no more. Cause he's like, man, you making a motherfucking fool all yourself. <laughs> I, I, I really want to fight that dude. I was like, nigga. Just, just, just. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, how about any embarrassing moments that happened to you during a match? Uh, embarrassing moment, not during a match. Uh, I think uh, you said PCW. Uh, was it dude named Prime? Prime Time? What's his name? Yeah, Mr. Prime Time up north. When they booked me, I think I was ta- tagging with Adam Thornstone, and I think he came out to uh, Puffy. You hate me now. Yeah. Yeah. 
And little behold, I took it upon myself to uh, try to, you know, I was into it, you know, whatever. It's just like, I said, once again, try working my charisma. And I thought the hook was coming, but every time the hook up, I was like, he <laughs> got rapping. I was just like, <laughs> like it did, once again, like, yeah. You, and then you see Adam looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but every time I thought the hook was coming, he kept rapping. And I, dude, I was, I, I was like fucking food out there. So I, that's yeah. probably like, oh, I looked embarrassing because I was trying my best to like hit that hook. But then at the same time, I was like a motherfucker. I looked at dumb as fuck. So. <laughs> well, well, brother, just wrap it up. I mean, you, you know, you and I have been friends for many, many years. You know, since since two thousand, and uh, I've always appreciated you. Uh, you, you even, uh, you, you are one of the favorite parts in the little trailer I did, with little Mexican zombies, like you yelling oh, at the end. Like, ah! My wife loves that. <laughs> so yeah, thank you, brother. Thank you for doing the interview. Anything you want to say? Um, before we wrap it up, uh, anything you want to plug your podcasts? Uh, nah, um, uh, like just go get uh, my own serial killer, the book based on uh, Quasi Snuff film because I got, I got a book too, the book, the book version of it. And uh, go, go look at Quasi Snuff film made by me slash Edward Payson, check that mm -hmm. out. And uh, yeah, that's all I gotta say, man. Right on, man. Well, thanks again. Uh, yeah, thanks again for, for being on, and uh, thank you, everybody, for watching Indie Handshake.